Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who see things differently. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont, and I've been seeing things differently in the wealth field for going on nearly 15 years now. Today we're joined by a guest, David Richter. David, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Yeah, doing all right today. It's like we were talking about earlier, just trying to stay warm. It finally feels like winter now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, but hey, sometimes being a little cool is better than sweating to death, I guess. Yeah, that's the truth. Right? So David is the Simple CFO, and uh, you know, if you can tell by his title, what we're going to talk about today is something we call less stress and more profits. So we're going to talk about how can we recession-proof uh, your business for all you entrepreneurs out there, and maybe anyone who's a manager might help you as well. David, would you mind giving our listeners a little bit of a background about you know where you came from and what inspired you to get to where you are today? Sure. When I was in college, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that unlocked a big portion of my mind probably was the catalyst for a lot of entrepreneurs, whether it's real estate or just starting your own business. And I read that, my mindset completely shifted, and that's more like a wealth tactic rebel at that point where you're going off the beaten path. And I was in a W-2 job where I was a machinist at a railroad company making sections of track that turned and I was like I don't want to do this the rest of my life so I bought a house of my own fixed it up rented it out a couple years later after I lived in it so when I sold it I could get the tax break so I did that with my first house got a couple more of my own houses but then also hooked up with a real estate investment company too so even though I was working kind of like a nine to five I was learning a whole lot of entrepreneurial skills during that first five years I was up there and we did a whole bunch of deals and got to see a different side of things, which was really neat. And it wasn't coming in and just like, okay, put your head to the grindstone and there's all these rules, regulations. It was more of coming in and how can we create profit today? What can we do to push the company forward? And it was more of what can we do and a bunch of people basically working on a small business and growing that. And we saw that grow from about five to 10 people in this tiny house that we were in when I first started there to where we grew to about 27 employees in a bigger office space. And we were doing about 20 to 30 houses a month. So it was it was a pretty decent sized company. I started off there. And then from there, I moved to Richmond about a year and a half ago, made a life change and came to Richmond and worked with another investor here. And that's when I took the leap into entrepreneurship was last year because I saw a lot of the people that I was working with, investors, didn't know their numbers, didn't really know where their profit was going to or like what their profit even was. So I really jumped into that arena on that side because I had sat in a lot of different seats and that was the one that I liked and I saw the biggest need there. So I wanted to fulfill that need. So that's a little snapshot of my story, just real quick. Good story. Good story. Real estate investment, a lot of people think of it as like you just put money in there, but it's really like a business. You're really getting into it to try to make a good profit, right? Mm -hmm. You treat it that way. So I can see how Mm -hmm. you can really learn a lot about that. You know, you're right about one thing. There is, there's a little, there's a need out there for what you're doing. There there aren't many people doing that. And we talk about it here at Wealth Tactic Rebels a lot. We talk about, from our, one of our core beliefs is is that people that, that we work with, people that we talk to is that, 
there's more to be had by first plugging holes before you go chasing rate of return in regards to you know your your money and how you manage it. There's places that people lose money and they don't know they're losing it. And yeah. it's the same thing personally. It's the same thing with business. So I like what you're doing. Let's start talking a little bit more about that. Talk a little bit about starting with profit first, right? That's a great place to start because a lot of people have probably read The Richest Man in Babylon. If you haven't picked up that book, it's a book written in the early 1900s, but it's just about a lot of good financial principles in there. And one of them is paying yourself first. And when I first read that book, I'm like, okay, that's neat. So when I have my job, I'll just make sure a portion goes to you know, this account or that account. But honestly, if you're in a W-2 job, you can't really do that because the government takes out the taxes right out of your yeah. paychecks if you're W-2. Pangle Sam As first, an, really. <laughs> right, exactly. So entrepreneurship gives you that opportunity to say, hey, I can set up different accounts and I can make sure that every single dollar that comes into my company is a portion to different accounts, whether it be income or saving for your taxes at the end of the year right. or your operating expenses. So right. Profit First is another book and another way of thinking. It honestly works well with your personal finances or your business finances, because what it is, is every dollar that comes in, you allocate it to a certain bank account to say, this is how much I have in that account. Because how many people just look at their community, one bank account for their business or for their family and say, oh, I'm good. I've got a bunch of money in there. And then a week later, there's 12 cents in there. And they're like, where did all the money go? I've done that a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) Can I know that one? Wait a minute. What happened here? (laughs) Exactly. So Profit First just says, let's split that up into different accounts for some major accounts like a tax account for saving for your taxes, an operating account for your expenses, whether it's personal or business. And then an income account, so everything that goes into there. But they also want to set up a profit account, too. So every dollar that comes in, even if it's a very small percentage, one, two, three, four, five percent goes into a profit account just so that you have something to fall back on and can know like, okay, not every dollar is going out the window for our expenses. Because if you say, well, I can't possibly do that because of my expenses, well, then you know you have a problem. Probably have too many expenses going out the window. And that's a good way to see it kind of at a glance without even diving into the numbers. So just seeing it from the aspect of a bank account. But then if you want to be a serious business owner or serious about your personal finances, then you need to run the numbers. You need to get it into some sort of system, whether it's a spreadsheet or an automatic system like Quicken or QuickBooks or or Zero or FreshBooks, something like that. So that way you could actually see where everything is going. But that's Profit First is all about setting up those bank accounts and allocating it based on major expenses or your taxes, things that you're saving for and profit too. So you can see, okay, I'm actually going to save some of this stuff that actually comes into either my business or my personal finances. That's a good idea. And that takes some of the stress off when you can mm-hmm. now have free a little bit up. You know, it's many people, at least at some point in life, have been at that point of, I've got nothing left after the end of the day of every paycheck. You know, I don't know where my money's all going. I can't seem to save any for myself. Like, you know, it's stressful. Stressful to be in a position like that for anyone. And it's the same thing with a business. If you've got a business and you have a lot of things going on and you're not really seeing the profit, that's stressful too because then you're worried about your business failing. And if your business fails, your livelihood, what am I going to do now? If that's what you're relying on. I mean, if it's a side hustle, maybe, you know, at least you still have your regular W-2 or whatever other job you're doing before to fall back on. But... No one wants to see their baby fail, so to speak. Right, exactly. So 
I would definitely recommend it just for your peace of mind too. So that way you've got something to say, okay, I at least know what's going on. Even if it's a side hustle, it will take you an hour to set up the bank account. Or if you use Charles Schwab online, you could set up a bank account in like under 10 minutes because it's all online. So it just helps you set that up. Exactly. That's a good way to start to funnel in there. And even if you have other ideas, like if you work with a professional, like what we do here or, or yourself or anyone else, and you work with a professional and you figure out something else that you're going to do down home, other investments, you got to put it somewhere. <laughs> you can earmark it like that. If this one's earmarked, it goes into that account. Then now you know that account is for another investment or for, your, as you say, your taxes or for that helps. Now you know where your money's going. So what's next? Let's try to make like a... Um, like a list here for our, our listeners to follow. If they want to do this, what do they do next? If they want to you know, have less stress and more profit, where do we go? Well, first is knowing, knowing where everything is going. You, know, you need to know, even having those bank accounts, you can look at that and say, if you know how much expenses you have per month and then how much you have in the account, you can kind of see, okay, I've got about three months of expenses in here, or I've got less than a month in here. You know, And I need to either go out and make make some magic happen or make it so that way we can go and get something done. But the next steps really, if you're doing profit first, is the first step is opening up that bank account, is going there and opening up the different accounts, which the different accounts are the the income account that all your income comes into, your tax account. So that way you're saving for taxes throughout the year, your your owner distribution account. So that way you can say, okay, how much am I actually going to take for myself for my business? Or how much are you paying yourself maybe on your personal finances? Then you've got operating expenses. That could be your monthly operating and then profit. So actually having those five accounts, setting up those core accounts is really the first step in the profit first system to make sure that you've got that you've got that first step covered. And then the next step from there is once you actually make income and it goes into that income account, then you're allocating to those other accounts based on certain percentages. So then you're just running a percentage-based either home life or a percentage-based business life on, okay, now that income came in, I'm going to distribute it over these percentages. And you need to see what those percentages are. And Profit First gives like a list of percentages if you have a business that kind of be a targeted percentage for different levels. Because if you're doing it as a side hustle, you might be on level one where you might need only 5% profit or you're paying, you need to pay yourself a little bit more just because it's a side hustle and you're working up to full time. So it's like those percentages really, really fluctuate depending on how big your, either your business is or your side hustle or whatnot. So that would be the next thing is determining a percentage and then actually allocating to those different accounts, you know, either once a week or twice a month or something. Right, right. And I know you mentioned the profit first. I'm assuming you're referring to the book, correct? The book, the book, the book has some like charts has, or something. But has some charts in there, and are there professionals like yourself that could help listeners who say, yeah, "I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to just trust a book. I want someone. I want." Is that something that can happen? Yes, profitfirstprofessionals.com. If you go to that, there's an actual website with Mike McCallowitz is the author. I'm a profit first professional, but I work strictly with real estate investors. But if there's other listeners out there that have any side hustle, they can go to, or any job or any business, they can go to that website to profit first and then see other professionals for different industries or just people that work in general with businesses. So 
they could actually get the guidance of someone too. And that, that's something where the only way I would benefit is if someone like actually worked with me and was a real estate investor. But if you just go there, I push people there because it's so eye-opening to a lot of businesses. Like, okay, this is not only where all my money should go, but like how I can physically do that. And what are the practical steps? Hmm. Interesting. It, it, it sounds a little bit philosophy-wise similar to what, again, we do with Wealth to Rebels on the personal side with helping people to find inefficiencies with the way that they're managing their money. And it, sometimes it's things as simple as, well, let me ask you this question. And listeners, you, you can answer this question for yourself too. If you were to buy a new car and you don't want to pay interest for a loan and you take the money out of your bank account or investment account, wherever it is, to buy that car, when you take that out of the bank, how much interest does the bank give you? None. None, right? It's kind of like a trick question, but it's none. So when you stop and think about that and say, wait a minute, I was gaining an interest over here and I take it out to avoid paying an interest over here. Was I getting more interest than I'm avoiding paying? Because if the answer is yes, you're losing interest. And that's a simple thing that I actually meet people all the time to make that kind of choice because it's not something that is really out there. It's not, people aren't really talking about it a lot, which is why part of the big part of the reason we have this podcast is to help people to understand those kinds of things that will help them. Right. Yep. So what's the next step? If we're just going on profit first, then you would actually make those allocations and then quarterly you would see what did I do over the last quarter and then kind of reallocate your percentages for the next quarter and do kind of a, a projection and see what the next quarter would be for your percentages and see what you could actually do. But it's really a great cash flow manager. So if you can get to that point where you're making the allocations and you're really doing all that stuff, then you're really saying, okay, am I a healthy business or do I need some help or do I need to rethink this or do I need an influx of cash or what do I need to do to take it to the next level? So after you do all that, it's kind of just looking at those numbers as they settle down and come in and say, okay, Now I need to go out and either make X more or I need to decrease these expenses. So it's really doing like a quarter, at least a quarterly review on those numbers to see what actually it all shook out to be. Right. Doing the reviews and projections and everything. That's part of the system that you set yourself up with Mm -hmm. uh, or get set up with, I should say, by taking this kind of approach so that you know where your money is going, how much, when, so you can plan for it. It makes sense. So... This all, as we talked about before, helps with, you have a book about recession proofing, right? Yeah. And this all helps with, fits in with recession proofing the business. And I, I know you, again, you're real estate investment specific, but it's the same stories fit, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. For the people. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about the recession proofing because I think that's a major potential loss for people. I've seen so many people, I don't know if you remember 2008, 2009, I do, unfortunately, mm-hmm. And a lot of people lost a lot of money and a lot of business because they weren't recession-proof. And it could happen again. We hear it. I don't know about you, but I hear it in the news. I hear people all over the place talking about, hey, you know, there's going to be another one coming again. And it does tend to be cyclical. I don't know if Mm -hmm. the next one coming is going to be as big as 2008, 2009, but we may have one. And at some point in time, we're going to have one just because history has taught us that at some point in time, we're going to have one. (laughs) Whether or not we can have a crystal ball and predict exactly when or how much. But I think a potential loss that we can avoid is setting up our business in a way that when that recession hits, 
we're not as drastically affected. That's your specialty. I'll let you kind of <laughs> go into it. <laughs> sure. The first thing is really knowing where you stand currently, knowing those numbers and knowing where you stand, because that's what a real business owner does. Number two, it's having that system in place like Profit First or something to make sure you're managing the cash flow. But then it's looking at every aspect of your business and saying, am I able to actually be recession proof? So the people that are working there, are they all profitable? Are they not only all profitable, but are you helping them achieve what they need to in order to get their work done? So do you have not only the people in place that need to help you with your business? And is it something that you could handle in a recession? But is it also the systems and processes that they work on or that you have inside of your business? Because a lot of people just go out, they work, but they don't have any system or systematic way to approach every single action inside of their business. And that's a huge portion of it, too. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. And I think that is is important. I do that a lot with my business um, here. We, we do that a lot. Uh, we try to build systems to handle things. The podcast, you know, since I started this podcast, Wealth Tactical Rebels, I've had to develop systems in order to be able to manage this podcast, <laughs> which was overwhelming at first. And then as I got systems in, it became better and easier to manage. And hopefully the quality of the podcast grows with that. What was that book? It was um, The E-Myth. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like that, right? Where you sort of franchise your business or mm -hmm. whatever it is you're doing, which basically just means that you make a system that is easily repeatable and taught to anyone. Exactly. Because right? if you, you just kind of know what you're doing, but you kind of go about it and you don't have a real set way of doing it, it's not repeatable. If you develop an actual system, you can write it down or whatever. Hopefully you write it down. <laughs> I mean, I, th I think that's what you're referring to, right? Writing it down or recording it or something so that way you could hand it to someone and they could take over that specific duty. Because there's a lot of things where you might be doing a very low level or low dollar per hour duty where it's either like you could get someone else to do it or you could put an automated system in place. That way you wouldn't even have to do that. So it's there's a, just a lot of things out there that a lot of people don't realize that, oh, I could actually replace what I'm doing here with either a contracted labor or with an actual system or a tool where it's like, okay, I might spend time doing this and it doesn't cost me anything. I'm putting that in quotations. It doesn't cost me anything, but what is the cost of your time? So it's like if you're doing a $10 an hour thing, then, but it's not bringing in new income or not, you're not creating that process to bring in something repeatable because that's what that's the key to being recession proof is whatever is bringing in that revenue repeatable in any market or cycle or do you have to pivot with the market so that might say in a recession you're doing xyz right now but then in a recession you might have to do you might have to put a b and a b and c in there too or you might have to do something else just while you're at the same time but that goes in with what you're doing I know that a lot of different businesses have their core competency, but then they also need to be able to learn and adapt and grow. But the time to think about that is not while you're in the full-blown middle of a recession. It's right now where the times are good and we're at the top of a lot of the markets, You know, as far as, especially in the real estate market where I'm in, where a lot of the country is still in that kind of that bubble right now in the top of the market. And that's where you want to be thinking about being that recession-proof business. And hey, can I keep doing what I'm doing? And I'm going to give you the real estate analogy because I know that's my main forte. 
fixing and flipping might not always be the best and the most profitable for people, especially during a downturn. It might be wholesaling or holding rentals or buying rentals at the bottom of the market. So that way you can say, I bought it for a really good price. I can put the amount of money that I really need to, to make it a very, very nice house for someone to live there. And then you turn around and make it a rental and you're cash flowing. So it's the same thing in business, in these different businesses, because you might have something that's comparable to fix and flip that's like providing you a lot of the income now, but would you be able to pivot to something else inside of your business? Like from going to fix and flip to more of a buy and hold strategy in real estate, is there something in your business where you can say, okay, I'm going from this exit strategy to this exit strategy, or I'm going to make my sales in a different way. So it's like, think about that right now, that could something during a recession, would you have to pivot at all too? So that's something I talk about and having kind of pulling that out of people. Right, right. A couple of things on that. I think you and I touched on this a little bit already. One of the things people I think need to consider too is the true cost of things. And remember you and I were talking about the true costs, like with real estate, there are costs that sometimes people don't think of, like when they're factoring in, whether or not they're actually cash flowing or if they're going to be able to flip it for a profit. It could be like a, like taxes sometimes they don't think about. They're, same thing on personal side. I mean, that's different, but what have you been finding that people aren't thinking about when they're thinking about whether or not they're being profitable? As far as when people look at their income, they're thinking that's okay, especially with people who don't have a system for their money, the income goes in and then just gets spent. But they're not seeing what the true cost of that income is. Like you were saying, especially in the real estate world, okay, are you saving for taxes? Did Okay, you made 20 grand on that deal, but do you know the tax allocation for that deal? Do you know if it's like, capital gains or do you know if it's going to be passive income you know if you made that over the course of the year and it's so do you and are you saving for that so it's a lot of people just sometimes don't even factor sometimes the cost of what goes into that income because they're like well i already produced a lot of the expenses that made this income but then you've still got other things you have to factor in after you've either made the sale or whatnot too and sometimes it's not even the actual expenses sometimes it's the time cost okay, you made that sale. If you're in the services business, you made that sale, but is that person that you just brought in going to be more of a headache for you? Is it a bigger project that you can choose? So sometimes people don't even think about the time cost. So it's not just the operational cost or the tax cost that I see. Sometimes it's, okay, we took on this and it was a lot more than we could chew and we didn't even know what we were getting into. Well, you don't want to put yourself in that position either because that eats up a lot more of your cost too or your potential revenue that you could generate. So that's another cost that I would say that a lot of people don't really factor into not only the income that's coming in, but is that income really worth the time cost that you're putting into it also? Okay. Is there any tips you can also give our, our listeners probably on what they can do, what kind of questions they can ask uh, themselves about their business to figure out are they becoming recession proof or not? Number one, can you pivot? <laughs> can you pivot during a, and is there something that you could kind of keep in your core competency, but in your, in your sphere, but then do you know your numbers? Do you know where you stand currently? So that way, you know, I have this much, or I know that my recurring revenue is this much. Basically, do you know all those, those financial numbers you need to know? And I would say that's how much are you bringing in per month? How much is going out per month? How much are you getting on an annual basis or how much, what if half of that went away? What would you be able to do to kind of pivot inside of there? So it's like, what do you need to cover monthly? 
Could you pull back on any of those expenses? Kind of asking yourself that on at least a quarterly basis. So you can kind of see, I would do it on a monthly basis, but at the very bare minimum, do it on a quarterly basis to see, did all these expenses go into my income or was there anything that we could really cut out that's not either producing more time for me or producing more revenue? So it's thinking of those things, or you might have to take a look at the people inside of your business. Hey, am I providing them the training and the systems, or is there an issue with a person that I'm having that is not producing the most profit? So asking some of these tough questions, these are tough questions that you have to ask yourself. Yeah, I think you hit a a good point there too, because even myself having managed some people, when they're not doing what you want them to do, is it because they're not doing what you want them to do, or you're not giving them what they need to do what you want them to do. (laughs) Right, exactly. Because all owners that, even me, I'm human. So I feel like, oh, someone's not doing, why didn't they do it that way? Well, they can't see inside my head unless I've given them step by step. And if we've trained on that and they, I know that they know what to do, then it's a different issue if it comes up later on, if they have the proper the proper training and the proper mindset that you've given them. But if it's, if you haven't done that, then that is on you. So you have to say, okay, would that hurt me in a recession? You better believe it. Everyone's going bananas and every other, then you're just like every other business that's going and floundering out there versus someone who's training their people and have the core competency of being able to like take care of their actual customers. Cause at the end of the day, everyone wants to be taken care of and taken care of just like they were your only customer. So it's like, how can I do that? Well, having a systematic process and making sure that they know that they know what you're doing and you know what you're doing and that your employees know what you want them to do too. So it's asking yourself those tough questions to make sure that you're a business that can actually stay in business. Good deal. What would you say to someone who says, oh, but you know, these systems, they're expensive. I I don't have the money for that right now, or I don't have the time for that right now. What what would you say about that? Because I'm sure you've heard that before. (laughs) I would say, do you want to be a real business? And will that return more than what you're actually paying? You have to look at it as an investment. I would totally agree if you say something's $300 a month, you know, like some system, and you're not going to see at least 10x on that, you know, as far as monthly generated revenue or whatnot, if it doesn't let you either cut down your hours to where you can focus on higher dollar per hour tasks, then it is too expensive. You have to look at it as an investment. Because if you know you buy that system and you're not going to use it, that's too expensive. Then you're either one, too lazy to do it, or you don't have the knowledge to use that system. If those are the cases, well, then just it's not the right one for you. Exactly. Or you have to look at yourself. That's where a lot of people say, well, this system, that system, or it's too expensive. Well, take a hard look at yourself. What are you truly trying to get out of the business? Are you trying to get just money, 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 and I just want to make as much as I can? Or are you trying to get time and money and make it an actual business that can sustain itself that's not just like another job that you're creating for yourself? And every entrepreneur goes at through that at the beginning. Every entrepreneur has to do the hard work. But guess what? If you actually make those systems and processes and work on your business too, then you can grow from there. So if you're looking at a system that's too expensive, and I'm putting that in quotations again, if you're looking at a system that's too expensive, it might be too expensive for you now if you're not going to actually use it and return an investment on it. But that's how you need to look at it. Is this investment going to return something for my business? Well, because I, th- I think there's two things there with that. You're saying return a profit. There's two ways. There's one is in the business going to bring in some money as a result. Although there are some things that you have to have, just basic things like 
Like right. Bookkeeping, yeah. bookkeeping doesn't technically bring you any money, but you've got to have it. Like exactly. we're talking about to know where your money's going. But the other cost, I think, is like you're talking about the entrepreneur. You mentioned this earlier. You're doing a $10 an hour job, but what's your worth? What's your value? If you're worth $200 an hour and you're doing a $10 an hour job <laughs> and you can put in a system that you're like, oh, man, I don't want to pay for this system because it's $150. Well, but if you're worth 200, you're doing a $10 job, you're actually saving 40 bucks there. <laughs> yep, exactly. Plus, you get to focus on something else. Yep. All this, I'm guessing, comes together, and that equals the last step, which is being profitable. Mm-hmm. Looking at your profit and seeing that there's an actual bottom line that you can now go out and reinvest and do what you need to do to grow that business. But also, at the end of the day, too, you want to make sure that you're taking care of your family and that you've got something that that's you're not putting in all this work all this time and effort and all the hours that you put in and there's nothing left to show for it because then why did you start it you didn't just start it just unless it's a non-profit but if it's a for-profit business you're doing that to provide a service for people so that way you can go out there and actually see the value return for the service that you're providing so make sure at the end of the day you have that profit but not only that if you're recession proofing your business make sure it stays there during the lean times and the abundant times. So make sure that you're always keeping that thumb on that pulse and looking and saying, what are we doing and do we have that bottom line? Yep. Good advice. And I love your passion. I can really hear it. So hopefully that rubs off on a few of our listeners as well. Before we close, I have a question for you. Our Wealth Tactic Rebel Value Bomb. So David, what in your experience should our listeners look to avoid doing and what can they do about it? You had told me to be prepared for this question, and I wanted to make it as simple as possible because one of the biggest things that I see out there is that people either have a bookkeeper that they don't have the pulse of their business, and they let that bookkeeper get way behind, and they don't know their numbers. So I'm going to make it really simple. Just know your numbers and care about your numbers. That's where a lot of people avoid, they're avoiding their numbers. So I would say... Avoid that mindset of, I just got to do the next deal or I just got to go get that next sale. Because even though you need that, you also need to know, hey, where is all that going? Is it actually returning a profit? And am I actually doing the best dollar per hour thing? So I would say, avoid the mindset of not having a good set of books and being able to get the reports you really need to see. Because we're working with people right now where it's been all of 2019, they didn't do anything or they had it done wrong. And it's like now it's taken months and months to clean that up and get it up to speed for 2020. So, But they don't have the reports they need. They don't have the actionable projections that they need. So avoid the mindset of it's not important or I'll learn that another time or I don't want to spend the money on that because you're costing yourself a whole lot more because you can get some good help for a very reasonable price And it can be something that you can do that can return a big dollar amount because it gives you data. It tells you the story of your business. So avoid the mindset of not wanting to know the financial side of your business or not getting a grasp on that and getting good help, whoever that may be. Right. Good deal. Excellent advice. David, anything you'd like to say to our listeners before we end today? Well, if you want to get a hold of me, if you're in the real estate world, you could go to simplecfosolutions.com or ralbookkeeping com because I have two different companies. The Simple CFO, I really dive more into your business and the bookkeeping is more just the transaction side, making sure things are getting in there. So, And I've written a book, Less Stress, More Profit for the Serious Real Estate Investor on Building a Recession-Proof Business, which is available on Amazon. If you type that in with my name and 
I really appreciate Kevin, you having me on here and that I got to share my passion and helping with people make sure that they not only know their numbers, but they can do something with it and kind of sharing the profit first mindset too. So I really appreciate you letting us be, let me be on here. Been very happy to have you on, and uh, you've given a lot of valuable information and some business wisdom in there uh, to our listeners. So, thank you for being on our show today and adding to the value for our listeners. Thank you. And Wealthex Rebel listeners, thank you for listening today. Everything we talked about, we'll put the little uh, chart of, of the steps that David has talked about here for the uh, profit first and recession proofing your business. And uh, there'll be links on there to his website, The Simple CFO, and his book. You know, while you're there, please drop us a line and go to either on our website or on Facebook and let us know what tips that David shared today that you think will apply to you and your business. Again, David, thank you. Thank you, Wealth Technic Rebels. Have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticsRebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. Information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.